Hello, hello, everyone. This is Wilka. Welcome to the Leadership Talk. And today I have a very special guest, Yale Schwartz. He was my trainer um, back in Chicago when I was with Hyatt. And I'm thrilled to have you on the show, Yale. Welcome. Well, thank you, Wilka. Thank you so very, very much for including me and, and, and being part of this new journey with you. So I really appreciate it. Of course, it's great to see you. I'm so excited you accepted to be on the podcast. This is awesome. You know, listen, when I met you a good few years ago, I'll never forget, you were that first individual to reach out. There was a classroom that we did when you were going through a training, and there's approximately 30 people in that class. Prior to that class starting, you were the only person you reached out, not just to me, but you reached out to the entire class to be that true professional to set up, knowing that everyone was coming into Chicago to find out who was free, who would like to do different things and creating that great experience for the class. So that to me was always something special because I always knew you wanted to do more than just what you were doing. So I'm just so happy and pleased to A, to see you and B, to ensure that you're continuing on your journey. So that's, it's fantastic to see that. I'm so oh, happy and, and I'm so like, I'm so thrilled, you know, that, you know, when we were in class and then I, we took a picture, of course. Of course. <laughs> so you wouldn't have it no other way that if I recall, you immediately posted on social media because that's what you do. <laughs> It was so it was so funny like as soon as I posted on LinkedIn and I had like that special camera and so forth like um account manager from Hyatt texted me right away and then he texted you at the same time it was just like <laughs> hilarious <laughs> that was so uh, funny. too funny too funny yeah yeah but tell us you know what are you doing now I know um you know um, pandemic has reshaped the way we do business. Um, so if you want to share, you know, how did you start in the hospitality business and, you know, what are your, what are your plans now after, you know, pandemic and recovery session? So if you want to know how I started in the hospitality business, Wilka, so we're going to, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you on my journey, if you will, because it started my parents. They owned a small mom and pop luncheonette. So I learned at an early age that if you can't provide the service and great experience to your clients, they're going to leave and go elsewhere. So can you imagine this, Wilka? I always wanted to think out of the box and do things a little bit different so I could always increase sales. After all, my pay was tips and I was always saving for something. So for me, a typical Saturday afternoon was to go to the neighboring hair salon and offer carryout items while the customers were sitting under the dryer. So Wilka, I was the DoorDash in its infancy. So that's how I started in the hospitality industry as a young individual working for my folks. So that's how I started. I love the way you said, you know, I was the DoorDash guy. That was awesome that is so cool <laughs> well listen you had to make tips right you had to make money because my folks my pay was they allowed me to live in the house <laughs> exactly exactly you gotta work for what you get 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what are you doing now? I know that you are, you know, an amazing um, speaker and I've learned, you know, like from that week of training was awesome. You know, how you interact with everyone in the class and how you make the class lively. And, you know, I must say that that was like one of the most awesome trainings that I've had in, in my career in sales in, in the hotel business. So, yeah, what are, what, are, what are you up to these days? So, as you know, yes, being in the hospitality industry for many years. So I had the great fortune to apply the skills as an enthusiastic, heart-led leader in talent development. And you were part of that talent that we worked with in development. My goal was to inspire you and others through creative, engaging, and innovating training curriculums. So that, that was my specialty. And doing sales training facilitation, program execution, and more importantly, as we have today, relationship development, while always provoking thought to inspire learning and growth. That's what I was all about, and that's what I could continue to do so you ask, as the world has evolved and the world has changed, so must we pivot and do different things. So some people say, you know, COVID happened to us. Well, to me, I look at it from a different perspective. It happened for us because look how we have changed and look how we have evolved and still taken the same information and just put it into a different spin. So with that, I created my own company and I have been doing training as far as both sales and negotiating training, as well as I became licensed by a organization called the DeJulius Group. And they're a leading organization in customer experience. So for me, being involved with coaching and speaking, especially regarding infusing care and empathy throughout the sales process, their methodology just seemed to be such a natural connection for me for the shared passion of customer experience and showing the true heart of hospitality. So having this opportunity to be with you today and, and chat with you and collaborate, because I always love to collaborate, it's really creating this customer service revolution. And the goal of that is to guide your business or anyone's business and standing out from the competition. So think of it, so many organizations, so many companies have gone through a, a really difficult year and a half, but how are they different? How do they stand out? And my goal is to help make them a place where both their customers and employees are definitely gonna love. So that's what I'm working on and that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. So you're um, outside of hospitality or your focus is still hospitality sales or, you know, companies that wanted to um, ensure that training for their teaming customer service are, you know, up to standards. Um, so tell us about, you know, what is your focus in, like right now that you are training people? Sure. So thank you for asking. So for me, obviously, you know what? We know there's so many talented professionals out there as yourselves. And, and, and you know, and you get sometimes frustrated that you're spending ridiculous amounts of money to get a client and then to lose them to the competition. And 
you don't know why. So again, I help give all these organizations and to your point, yes, hospitality is my sweet spot, but yet so many organizations need to have that hospitality in them. If we can infuse that hospitality in so many industries. So I, my goal is really to create and give the priceless gift of attention to each and every client and create an experience that turns these clients into raving fans. So the main goal is that business and life can be as pleasant and profitable as they always knew it could be. And once again, becoming that brand that customers can't live without and, and making price irrelevant. So when, when you think about it, you ever walk into a Starbucks or a Chick-fil-A in any part of the day, any part of the world and count on receiving the same, same great experience? You, you, have you ever had that yourself? Absolutely, yes. You know, and the fun fact is every time they ask my name, I come up with another name because I don't want <laughs> <laughs> to be going through that. But, you know, it's great. And I think, you know, organizations need to have that, um, build that consistency, right? So that builds loyalty, right? Yes. You like what you like, and then you go back for more. Absolutely. And so that's what we do. We help companies do that. And again, as I mentioned, by being affiliated by the, with the DeJulius Group, who's the world-leading organization in customer experience, they're the ones who have consulted Starbucks, Chick-fil-A. That, that, that's some of the organizations they've been involved with. So by being a coach and being affiliated and using that same methodology, it's just been a great opportunity to share that knowledge with organizations. So to me, I would love to always continue to work within the hospitality industry because right now, especially being as devastated as it has been this past year and a half for them, the employees that remain or the employees that come back, they're not feeling the love. So how do we inspire and how do we create that? So that's what I'm looking to do. Because, you know, when you think about it, creating that outstanding customer experience, so I'll call it CX, that's the secret sauce. And everyone wants the recipe. So, <laughs> you know, so I go back to my background. So if you can add the right ingredients at each stage of the customer's sales journey, especially in the sales world, you can create unprecedented growth in customer loyalty. And that's what you were mentioning earlier, just creating that loyalty. Because once you've perfected that sauce, you could bottle it, you could sell it and grow your organization and that market position. So that's what it's about when we talk about superior service. Yeah, and I think also for that superior service, then another topic you know, that comes to my mind is leadership, right? I mean, honestly, um, I think the leadership that we've seen right throughout the pandemic in different um, businesses um, has been, some of people said, oh, you know, people show their true colors. Um, and I wanted to hear, you know, your thoughts on um, leadership, you know, and, and I, of course, the name of the podcast is Leadership Talks. So I think sure. really, you know, if you 
want to share with the listeners um, and for sure some of the folks on LinkedIn right now? What what is leadership uh, entail to you, and how do you see that um, you know transformed not just for your outside customers but for your team members within oh, the organization? Yes, and you know most importantly, if if you want to be a leader and to be an industry leader. You have to provide great experience, not only to your customers, but also your employees, and in turn, then the stakeholders and the shareholders. Because, again, knowing, especially you are from the hospitality world, it's a combination. It's, it's both our clients, it's the internal clients, the external client, and then those individuals who own, who are the equity owners who own those properties. So when we think about leadership, one of the things that has to happen first and foremost is they have to hire for attitude and train for aptitude because that's what's going to create a world-class customer service organization because th those employees, that's what's going to improve customer satisfaction. So Wilka, I think, as you know, I, I live in Orlando, Florida. And so here in Orlando, there's a, couple theme parks, but there's one in particular. And it just reminds me of this great quote from Walt Disney. And Walt Disney, what he once said is, we don't put people in Disney. We put Disney in our people. So think about that for a moment. What would that mean to an organization for you as a leader to put your organization and the, the culture and the beliefs into your team? What's the impact it could have for them, your overall culture and your associates? So to me, that's such an important thing is to make sure that a leader is doing that and hiring for attitude and training for aptitude. But at the same point, another thing that's important is really the moods, because what are the moods of your employees? Because as we have seen with the pandemic, those who remained, especially in the hospitality industry, they were working crazy hours and asked to do some things that maybe were not part of the job. So how then did the leaders convey that information? What did they do? How did they make their team feel? Then you had those who were maybe placed on furlough or were let go or waiting to return. What was their situation like? Because the mood impacts the customer and the experience because understanding the moods, it's going to really offer that wow moment because there's different studies that have shown that happy employees, it translates into 37% increase in sales and improves overall morale. So you better make sure as a leader you're having those honest conversations. People don't leave. And you know, right now we're in a world where we just see on the news every day that we're in a crisis, we're in a shortage of employees. I'm not sure if I believe that. It all comes down to the style. There's people out there that wanna work, but do they wanna work for you and your culture? And what do you set forth as a leader? So, that's one of the things that I would think is just really important. How are you and how did you communicate? 
I have the privilege. I have subject matter experts in my life at all times. And those are my two daughters. And they're in the workforce. And yes, they're that M word that's out there. You know, I know a lot of people don't like hearing that, the M word, millennial. But you know what? They are so much smarter than us, at least at, than I was, I'll say that, at their, at their age and stage in their career. They're so much more technologically advanced, yet we bring other experiences to it. So as a leader, how are you embracing multi-generations to have those conversations and don't allow those that are the younger workforce to be silenced by those who may have been around for a little bit longer. So again, being that leader, stepping up and having those conversations. And I think that's amazing, right? Like I, I am a millennial too. And, you know, I always look for people that can inspire me and to transform me to be a better person, right? And not just, I'm not talking just about professional, but obviously like in general in life and maybe, you know, share some ideas, some point of views that I haven't thought about it, right? right? But it's like you said, it's the, like, I know me and you, we have talked, you know, um, throughout this pandemic and you knew, you know, what I was going through. And then I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to focus on being creative and I'm going to focus on work-life balance because that's important to me and it's sure. going to bring my spirits up, right? But I also know that, you know, through the pandemic, it was really sad to see the challenge that, you know, my colleagues, you know, had experienced. And, you know, as we know, um, you had experienced that in yourself, you know, in Chicago, in, in Orlando, um, you know, so I really think that we need to get mentors, right? We have that um, colleagues that are our mentors, but it's not just for that one position that you have in that particular moment, but also for your life. A absolutely. And for me, I, I look at that. So I left the field as, a, as far as working on property it's actually going on 16 years that I left working on property, that I started doing full-time the training and traveling and, and meeting people like yourself and, 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 and continue as, as I hope to inspire individuals. But what was really interesting to me, the staff that I hired and or worked with at the hotel before leaving 16 years ago, we would every year get together as a team and have a holiday lunch or a dinner. And we'd always for years. So even after I left, so for the last 16 years, we still continue to do that. Well, last year was a little different. You know, we couldn't have a social distance. So I called everyone up. I sent everyone emails and I said, okay, we're going to go to the park, bring your own lunch. We're going to sit. And this way we social distance outside and we still got together as a team. And one of the young ladies that is still part of that team today I actually hired her probably about 20 years ago. And she told me just recently, she said, you know, yeah, she said, throughout the entire pandemic, I spoke to you more than I spoke to my direct boss. And I just said, I am so sorry. I'm happy that we had the conversation. I think that's fantastic. But I am so sorry that 
your manager didn't have the ability to have that conversation with you. Now, mind you, I could appreciate and I respect those that remain were handling and doing whatever they needed to do. And I get that. But again, compassion and empathy is what's going to lead us forward to come out of this pandemic in this COVID world whole, because you have a lot of bruised souls that are out there. So you have to understand what they're going through. And then so many people, as I mentioned, who were working, there's this weird dichotomy where they might be saying, oh, you were on vacation for a year and we were working our tail off. I wish I was in your shoes. Well, be careful what you wish for because these individuals who were at home on furlough, maybe just receiving unemployment, having to balance where that next check is coming in from, how they can make more money dealing with their children who are being homeschooled. And maybe, and again, especially here in the Orlando area, you have dual incomes in a lot of homes that are hospitality related. So now if both parents, both associates, both companions were let go from their companies, the stress that was going on with these individuals. So again, compassion and empathy is so important and having that connection, a true connection, not just to have it, okay, I call, check, I made that, that person's off my list, let me move on to the next person on my team. Get to know them as a person, a real person. Yeah, and I think, you know, through, it's so funny you say that because I, again, you know, I, I know a lot of people and I've worked, you know, in New York and, and California and I'm in touch with so many different folks and, you know, people in Brazil, in the hotel business too. And, you know, like what you see on TV, it's like, oh my God, you know, everybody, um, is just staying home, hotels are closing and it's, it's really devastating. But, you know, also, I think people forgot, right, to be compassionate. I mean, this forgot about that it's not just about you and your family. It's a pandemic, it's a global, and you have to lead with heart and care because these people um, that, you know, you might had laid off, they might not want to come back and work for you when it's time for you to rehire people, which it, it's happening now. <laughs> and that's what's happening now, because why do I want to work for you if you didn't even take the time to contact me and to treat me as an equal? I understand if you're the, the high level or at the property level, the, the GM, I, I get that. But you know what? Whether you're the general manager or the, the lowest paid hourly employee, Everyone has a role. There's everyone. There's a cog, right? The chain. When you're riding a bicycle, if one of those cogs in that wheel break, it, it, you can't have a business. So you have to be in tune with what's going on with your employees. That's amazing. And and again, you know, I think uh, that is going to be the next step for the next, you know, the hotels for the next quarter opening up, reopening up, and being successful because. Also, that transfer to your customer, right? People that are staying in your hotel or people that are dining or 
restaurant, you know, people see that. And, you know, I have the chance, I have had the chance to travel and see how, you know, airports are and, you know, flight attendants and the crew staff are, and everybody is just, you know, yes, there is laws, you better, you know, follow the laws. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble, right? We've seen so many times on the news people getting in trouble for not, you know, proceeding as accordingly as needed. But, you know, also I think um, international travel is is coming back. I'm so excited. I saw that, you know, like finally, you know, my family are going to be able to come here. Um, Nice. Yeah, it is. It's super nice. But also, you know, that made me think the other day, it's like, it's not just, you know, family visiting, but, you know, it's the, I work a lot here. I worked a lot here in DC with the embassies. It's like, okay, well, embassy diplomats coming back and forth and, you know, being able to travel, that is just so important and part of our economy. Um, You know, it's, it's tremendous. Um, but I also, I think folks are like, I had a conversation last week with a colleague and she, she was, you know, get, she got a promotion and she was like, Oh, I don't know if I take these or not. What do you think? And I said, you know, I can give you 10, you know, positive feedbacks about why should you take it or why should you not take, but you have to ask yourself, what is your next step? Right, because like sometimes um, for for people that has been working throughout this this time, it might be um, a, a step back. Sometimes you have to take a step back and to take you know two forward in the future. But also you have to analyze yourself, your situation, what is important to you, what is the big picture for five and ten years ahead. Right. So right. how do you see yourself, um, you know? in terms of when, you know, through your daughters and millennials and, you know, the workforce in five years from now, for example? Well, the workforce in five years, I mean, the, the millennials will be the workforce. I mean, that's where, where that is. So, but because of all that, think about what they, as well as everyone has lost within this last year and a half. And so right now, to me, especially in my world, the, the, the biggest reason that most companies fail is because they're not training their employees to really understand. So here we were talking about just the employees and what's going on in the employee world. But what about flipping that? What's going on with the clients? What's going on for them? Here you were talking about travel and, and understanding it from their perspective, right? Looking at it through the customer's lens. That, that's why it's just so important to basically what so one of the activities that I like to work on with individuals is let's create a day in the life scenario, a story. You know, that's just so powerful that what's going on with that organization to really understand it and what and how you impact them of what's going on. Because again, as we were mentioning, if you can do that day in a life, it's going to help your employees get trained to increase that service aptitude. And most importantly, to have that compassion and empathy. And then that they're present with these clients and they know they could place their trust in you. Think about it. You worked at the hotel and I know during this pandemic, you, you did a few different roles within that hotel. 
You weren't just that director of sales looking, you were doing everything. So think about when that person came into that front desk to check in. First of all, you know, you're exhausted because you're working an 18 hour shift. You're just head down looking at the computer doing your thing. Did you even make that eye contact? You know, are there some things that we could do to build that relationship with the client? You know, they have to present to you a credit card. They have to present to you the license. So how many people are even using the client's name at that point, making them feel warm and welcome? Thank you for coming. We know, and I could appreciate, it was so difficult for you to travel to make it here. So thank you. And that was one of the things that's, that was missing. So those are, that's how we're going to continue. Because relationship building, it's so important, especially in today's world. And even when we start with digital, right? I mean, people's skills have eroded. So here you mentioned millennials. So again, technologically, very intelligent. But some, not all, and this is not just millennials, this is people in general. So I, I don't want to characterize just groups of individuals. People in general have people skills that have eroded. Because here we are, we were away from people in a year. If you go out right now to have a cup of coffee with someone, do you shake hands? Do you fist bump? Do you hug? People are awkward. People don't know what to do or should do. And you have to have that opportunity to ask them, what do you prefer? Are you wearing your mask? Are you not wearing your mask? I mean, there's all these things and not to get political with any of it, but you have to be respectful of what's there. So the bottom line is that today's illiterate are those who have the inability to make a meaningful connection with others. So you have to connect and be part of that person's life. So it's just really important to do that. So here you are working when you were at the hotel. Think about this. Let's if we met as strangers, but we leave as friends. And that's what needs to happen. You have to teach the employees to do this because you know what? A lot of people didn't learn this at home. They were too busy eating fast food in the back of that van going from different activity to activity to activity. They didn't have that meal around the table. Although, you know, the silver, the silver lining moment this past year and a half, families were home. They had the opportunities to shut down technology. Let's sit and have a meal together and let's do something maybe we haven't done in a while. Let's talk and not just talk, listen. And that's what happens so often for those who are in sales, we really don't listen. We have barriers that are there because we're trying to think ahead what we want to say next or come up with that best answer. So the best thing I could always tell someone in sales is when we talk about listen, if you take that word and jumble it around a little bit, it spells silent. So God gave us two of these, two ears and one mouth. Listen a little bit more and speak less and really get to know. So we have to make that as part of an ongoing orientation to teach some of these soft skills that have been forgotten. How to build that instant rapport with a total stranger, especially when they're coming in, you know, from a stressful situation. 
you know, how to do that with them because that's so valuable and that's a skill that we have to do. Absolutely. And in, in the hotel, I must say, you know, I've worked, you know, at the front desk. I started um, in Annapolis about 15 years ago. And one of the, the super basic trainings, that's exactly what they, they say, right? Oh, you have to build that report and during the check-in, right? And it's quick, right? It's two, three minutes. You don't do a check-in 10 minutes. That's already a failure, <laughs> right? because it's long and people are in a hurry. But, you know, I think when you have the chance to connect um, with somebody like, oh, where are you coming from? You know, what brings you here? And you give that opportunity for people to speak with you if they want to. And then, you know, that will give you another um, open opportunity to talk a little further and then you already build that report right and then you're doing the follow-up call once they get in the row and you know anyway so it, i think um definitely you know has changed the the way we do business and like you said you know you were working 10 12 18 hour shifts you're exhausted you don't want to you don't even look up at the person you just like oh credit card and you know that's exactly what you know I don't want to be that person, right? But it's we are all humans, right? Which sure. When you were in that situation, that stressful situation, sometimes you do become that person, you know? And then that's where the silver lining is, as well as, you know, being on the other side as a client. Like I had uh, an opportunity to stay in this hotel and this lady was going off at the front desk person because her sheets weren't changed I just wanted to turn around and be like man do you understand what what there is this you know what is going on like first of all there's no housekeeping on a daily basis anymore right and this was not like I was a guest at this other hotel right I was it was not at the hotel that I worked and I'm like wow you know but then at the same time I'm like you know what I'm gonna be kind when I speak with the front desk person, sure. I will treat him the best way I can possibly treat him in front of her. And I won't say anything to her, right? Because it's not my business to be interacting with other people that are, you know, um, not feeling so great of being there or needed housekeeping that bad or, you know, like overcoming like that, that bad negative attitude, you know, and how you can transform that into a positive experience for that front desk agents you know and I think that's something that you know sometimes we're not talking so much you know these days um because we are just focusing getting the heads in bed you know and getting that the revenue because every hotel is suffering right now right so I mean depending on the location of course sure sure so that's why to that point make me feel important. If I am your client, make me feel important. Have an invisible sign over your head that you're making me feel important. And it's not just to me. It's also to your coworkers. Think about the UPS, the FedEx people, anyone that's coming in, make them feel important. So you took a part of the curriculum, if I recall, when you were in the class with us, we did some time management. And that time management, the five choices, was part of Franklin Covey. And Stephen Covey, who was part of that, Stephen Covey, he once said, 
People don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. So here we are talking about some of the barriers that are there. So if we're not even looking to understand what I'm going through and making me feel important that all you want to do is reply, eh, you've lost them. You know, you, you, don't, you don't have them as, as your client. That, that's just not going to happen. Because, you know, there, then you can put a whole scientific spin on this. Because scientists, they studied the human brain. And they found out that it took the human brain a minimum of 0.6 seconds to formulate a response to something that was said to it. Then they studied hundreds and thousands of conversations. And one of the things they found that the gap between talking was 0.2 seconds. So that basically that's a third of the time our brain will allow us. So how, why? You know, we start having answers long before the other person stops talking. So again, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're not listening to the last few sentences they said. And that's where that barrier comes in. And again, thinking about sales, especially and moving forward. So the only thing I could say is the greatest gift that we could give anyone is the gift of our attention. But that's a hard thing to do because we're just not made up that way and we're preoccupied in our day and what's going on in our lives. We're thinking about putting a podcast together. We're thinking about working. We're thinking about all these different things. We're thinking about our vacation that's coming up, whatever it might be. So we have to fight that urge. And when we're having this conversation, you know, we have to focus on that other person. And that's what's so important, whether again, internal, external client, it's focusing on them and making them feel important. Absolutely. And also, I think that goes back to what you were saying, the beginning of our conversation that builds the culture, right, yes. of the company. And how many companies, you know, as you see, people are leaving because of the culture, right? Because what they um, maybe expect of that, you know, particular organization, it's not delivered. Um, and, you know, uh, this is one of the things that I was in a meeting the other day and people were like, oh, people don't want to come back to work. You know, people are just making more money. And I... I'm thinking to myself, I was like, uh, no, it's not about people are making more money staying at home. That's, I, I don't think personally that's the, the case because um, sometimes, you know, people will um, revisit, right? What is the best option? Because, you know, think, think like uh, if you're being home for over a year, do you want to stay another year at home just because of the money? I don't think so because people no. want to be interacting with others. And people want to be socializing, right? And they want to be back in the workforce, you know? I, and that's, I think, where the greatest challenge is, you know, for the employers um, to listen to the employees through, you know, the interview process and, and, and so forth. So um, I wanted to ask you, what is the three takeaways? Because I know, you know, it's a little bit late for you. Um, my and pleasure. I, it's always my pleasure to be having these conversations with you. 
Oh, thank you, thank you, Will. Um, so yeah, just give us like the three takeaways, you know, for folks that are listening to to this discussion, which is great, you know. And I could be talking to you all, you know, <laughs> nice about this, but you know, I know you have responsibilities, and you know, I also do that um, myself. So you know, what is the three takeaways um, for our listeners? So um, I love to read and I love different quotes by different people. And I love what Maya Angelou once said. She says that I've learned that people, they're going to forget what, they, what you said. People forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So if I could just utilize that saying and think about how, when you're dealing with both the internal and external client, how do you make them feel? Another thing that's really important to me, it's all about the training. And are you taking the time as an organization to train and to put into place the culture? Because so often what's been happening, I'm hearing people are saying, I just need a warm body. I just want to hire someone. But again, if we hire, as I mentioned earlier, as Walt Disney once said, if we hire for attitude and we'll train for aptitude. Because again, if you as the GM, the VP, the CEO, whatever leadership, whoever's leading that organization, if you don't have the understanding and the culture that you want, how then do you expect your, your, your employees to to fulfill that same culture. And it has to be all about the overall customer experience and to provide the best experience. So then this way you can be the brand that customers will want and making price irrelevant. Because think about this. So I started off telling you, you asked me my journey and, and how I started with hospitality. And I said, you know what? I started off working at my parents' store and that, that was a long time ago. So if we move forward and said, okay, so now back into the, the 80s a little bit, and you're, you're sitting there and you say to someone, hey, you know, what are you looking for in a coffee drinking experience? And they say, oh, what a coffee? What, what is that? When I worked at my parents' store, the coffee drinking experience is, do you want cream and sugar? What, what do you want in the coffee? And is it to go or is it to stay here? But again, by having those opportunities, and creating that experience and to say, hey, we're gonna, would you like a place where you could meet and hang out and talk and spend 10 times the amount on a cup of coffee than others, right? And be connected with people. That's what Starbucks became. And so who would have even thought that that was even a possibility? So those are some of the things to think about how you could become that, that organization. and price becomes irrelevant because you are providing that fantastic customer experience. And that's what's going to grow you and your brand and your organization. And then you won't have an issue with the employees because those employees will want to be working with you because it'll be contagious. That's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, how people can get in touch with you today? So today, or any day, they could get in touch with me. I have uh, an email, so I can provide you the email. I don't know if you want to put anything out on your 
on your site when you finish with your podcast, but my email. And so my company is called Yale and Schwartz. So that's because I do a little of this and that, and everything I do all focuses around the customer experience from a training perspective, be it sales training, negotiating training, utilizing some technology to measure and understand what the moods are of your employees, or utilizing something along like a QR code to condense, combine, and make it a very interactive component, which makes a better overall experience. So to get in touch with me, my email address is Yale, just like the college, Y-A-L-E. It's Yale at Yale and A-N-D Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com. So Yale at Yale and Schwartz.com. And I also have a website. It's just Yale and Schwartz.com. You can look that up and connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love the opportunity. Look what, you know what? Wilk is going to be posting this information. Let's connect. Let's have these conversations. Let me be of service to you and your organization to help transition out of the sea of sameness that you might be in. That's what I'm here to do. And I'm so, so grateful once again, you know, you know, for your time today. And thank you so much for being here. And thank you for you guys for listening to the Leadership Talks podcast. And I'll see you next time. Thank you, Wilk. It's been a pleasure, my friend. And I look forward for your continued success in everything you're doing. And more importantly, your continued friendship. So thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a good afternoon.